that song? No. <laughs> Anybody got something you need to do or say before we get Brother Josh up here? Brother Brian, let me go ahead and say that I love the Lord. Yes. Amen. I'm able to be here. Amen. And we listened to your message Sunday afternoon. And if we did, I thought, you know, she could just turn her phone on and fix it up there and we could hear that, what went on up here when you wasn't able to be here. That's I call modern technology. Yeah. And all of y'all are younger than me, and y'all are blessed more than you know. Amen. By, by modern conveniences. Yeah, amen. When I was a kid, we didn't have indoor plumbing. Mm-hmm. And we'll come on until I was grown. But y'all are all blessed with that and stuff like that. I just mm-hmm. thought all this modern technology. And the Lord's helped you get it. Everybody has. I mean, yeah. I thank the Lord for all this amen. modern stuff. Amen. Amen. And just... Uh, and then we listened Sunday night, but we waited a little later, and, and we listened. It went on, like you said, it on and on, but it was real preaching. Amen. Amen. I didn't care how long it went. I didn't either. I've heard some preachers 10 minutes, and I want to get up and leave, but some of them are hour and a half, it don't matter. That's right. And that Amen. was good. Amen. I'm just proud. Of, I got to hear it, because you used to, if you wasn't here, you asked somebody, well, so-and-so done something. They couldn't remember all this stuff. No. Now you can see it right That's there. right. That's right. It's amazing. Amen. Thank, thank it, the Lord. It's good. Everything. And Lord bless you right there too at home. I love yeah, that. Amen. 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 Anybody else? Just I love the Lord, and I'm thankful for the church family we got here. My son is in there Saturday night. Y'all been here? Y'all missed a good service. Yeah, we might pick at the dinner, but it's just what we do. So I just want to say I love the Lord and how good he's been to me. Um, most of you know that two years ago I had a miscarriage and we've been trying ever since and with no luck. So uh, I went to the doctor. And I told you guys I had tests, and today was when I was going to get my results. Praise the Lord, I don't have polycystic ovarian syndrome. Praise the Lord that my glucose is good. Amen. The only thing that was wrong is one of my hormone levels is low. But they gave me medicine that will help. And they're very hopeful that this will fix it and that I'll be able to get pregnant and have a healthy pregnancy. And the Lord's just been giving me signs and peace and comfort. I've talked to him all day long. Yeah. I, I took off work half a day, and I was just, I praised him the whole time. We went and ate lunch together, and he was doing his Bible study, and I was in my own little study on my phone just waiting on our food. And I was just talking to God and just asking him for peace and comfort because I was a little worried because yeah. I was afraid that it wouldn't be great news. But it was pretty good, hopeful news. And I just want to bless and say I'm so thankful for that. And uh, because of that, I'm going to sing my song because I think he deserves for me to say that he is the best thing that ever happened. Amen. Because he is. Amen. You've been my friend for so long. You were right and I was wrong. I can't repay. 
pleased that it was a blessed day. Yes, yeah. scriptures to read um saturday i was sitting there just opened my bible after our conference and i just opened my book and it was first samuel and i was reading and it's taller's talking about hannah her being women being closed <coughs> up not be able to have children and that really made me think of what we were going through mm-hmm. you know my wife not be able to give child you know us not knowing if she's going to be able to ever have children but you know, Hannah, she, as Bailey read in the women's devotion yesterday, you know, she trusted in the Lord with all her heart, you know, and led, and she made a promise to God that you know that she would give her her his her, give him her child, which y'all know is Samuel. Kind of find that cra- crazy too, because. When we choose to have our child, it will be Samuel. Samuel David, his name will be. But I was thinking, you know, more I read on it and more this week came closer and then Keisha picks me. I just, I tried to find many verses and I really didn't find much. But the more I read about that and more I thought on Hannah, the more I thought about a mother's sacrifice. How much a mother sacrifices for a child. You know, not all women in this day and age sacrifice anything for their children. A lot of them won't sacrifice nothing, not even their own time. But it shows you, like Hannah here, she sacrificed what she didn't, uh, what she wanted most in her life was a child, and she she gave it up for yeah. God. Amen. And you know, it just tells you how much, how, how great that is for a, a mother to give up. Uh, her own child, just like uh, Moses' mother. You know, she sent him down in a river just so he'd have a chance to live. You know, when we can talk about Mary all day, we all know the story of Jesus, what she gave up for him. But um, another thing is uh, 
as I was thinking about is First Kings, uh, chapter three. You know the story of sixteen, uh, chapter sixteen, or I'm sorry, verse three, sixteen through twenty-seven. That's the story of the uh, two women who had um, a baby, and one of them mother rolled over on it and smothered it, and then swapped babies with the other woman, made her think it was hers, and then King Solomon told them cut it in half and give one half to the other one you know the, the the real mother didn't want that she was willing just to give her child away so that baby would live you know that shows you the sacrifice right there of her willing to give her own child to the other woman just so he'd have a chance to live you know how many of us forget to thank or forget to think about what our mother sacrificed for us you know days a lot you know back old times the mother, she stayed at home. She didn't work. She took care of the home. She took care of the children. How many of us can truly say that we truly thanked her for what she done for us? We did. How many, how many times did we take, them for, take advantage of what our mom done for us and didn't thank her? You know, that's, 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 that's rough because, you know, mother sacrifices a lot for their children. And that's like us. What have we... Thank God for um, for His sacrifice. You know, He sacrificed His Son to give us everything we have. And what have we done to thank Him? Just a bare minimum, just enough to. All right, this that'd be fine. Let's go. On. But if you ain't thanked Mom for your sacrifices, you you might want to thank her for it. You know, because I'll tell you, it's a tough thing being a mom. You know, I can't imagine the feeling, you know, Miss Abby or my wife felt when, you know, y'all lost Noah and I lost, my wife lost that baby. I can't imagine the, the pain that she feels because they have a bond with that child greater than we ever know. But I don't know. I, just really, I, ain't, I ain't got much on that, but that's all I really had. I got anything to say? Verse of that first chapter, uh, it says, For this child I pray, 
for the Lord hath given me my petition which I asked of him. So it's good to proceed uh, when you ask. It blesses your heart when the Lord uh, looks on looks down on someone as small as us to get, and blesses us like Alex was talking about uh, this gloomy day that he likes. I like sunny days myself, but it's it's whatever. Uh, the Lord knows you and what you what you need, what you send them. He also knows when you turn it all over to him and you let him handle the situation. So she said, For this child I pray, and the Lord hath given me my petition, which I asked of him. And 28 says, Therefore also I have lent him to the Lord. As long as he liveth, he shall be lent to the Lord. And he worshiped the Lord there. So uh, there's a, a, a really beautiful picture here. And, and it's uh, this young woman asked for this child and, and pleaded for this child. And God blessed her with the child. And then it goes on there, and she said that she wasn't going to come back to the temple until it, it, it was weaned, and she could, she could walk up there with him and present him to, to Eli. And you went all know the story of how Samuel was called and, and how important a, a prophet Samuel turned out to be. Uh, but she said uh, a lot of us receive something from the Lord, and we just go on with it. We don't ever give back. Uh, we don't ever. I mean, we might say thank you, Lord, and, and that's it. Uh, but it's a it's an awesome picture here because Hannah says, uh, "Bless me, this child." So I'm going to name him Samuel because it's going to remind me of what I asked and what you gave. And then I'm going to take this child that you gave me, and I'm going to give him to you. Now we we can't. I can't take life and just give him. I give him to God. I can. But I can't give him to a, a prophet to raise him. I can't do it like they've done right now. But but I can uh, dedicate him to the Lord in a way for me to raise him in the best way that the Lord would direct me to raise him. Uh, I can rely on God's guidance to raise him. I can rely on uh, uh, the path that he wants me to take uh, for, for him and the decisions that I have to make as he's growing up. Yeah. I can dedicate my child's life back to God because God gave me my child. Yeah. And and it doesn't it's not just for children. It's for anything God gives you. God gave you a roof over your head. Mm -hmm. uh, dedicate your house to him. Uh, you don't have to write a big deed out and plaster it on the wall. Uh, God knows our hearts. So in your heart you should dedicate all that you have to him. Uh, all that he's given you. Uh, I don't own much in this world. Uh, I have two beautiful children and, and a good wife, and uh, he's blessed me with that, and, and I give him all the glory for that. Amen. And that's the beautiful thing about this picture, and that's the beautiful thing about a mother's love, is that uh, they they put all that hard work in to raise a child up, and they and they teach them. Uh, I, don't, I don't know about y'all, but uh, Keisha, Keisha spends more time with our children than I do, and it, and and in ways I look at it and I say, oh, you know, that's really unfair. She has to put up with the children more, more than I do. She has to, to deal with their whininess or, or the things that aren't pleasant about parenting. And But um, God designed women uh, to be nurturing, to be loving like a man can't be. Uh, and he designed them that way because he knew uh, that, that they would have to raise children like that. I'm not 
uh, male chauvinist or anything like that, I assure you. But a, a mother is, is a special figure yeah. in your life. Uh, uh, I don't you know, see my mother much. I, I see her every now and again. I don't talk to her as often as I probably should. Uh, but there's always a special place in my heart for my mother. Mm -hmm. And that nurturing and loving that I can think back on when I was a child of her raising me and uh, teaching me, trying to teach me right and wrong, and the, and the battles she had to go through to raise me and, and two other wild children. Uh, and I, I appreciate that. And I thank her for what she's done. So, so when we talk to God, we should have uh, more of a mindset or more of a love than I have for my mother. We should love God more than that. Because he's, he's got you from square one. He knew your name before you were even formed in your mother's womb. He was the one that knew your soul, who you were, who you were going to be, before your mother even come into care. Amen. That's right. So, so I'm, God is not a mother. He's the Father. And, and the Father, uh, uh, the love of the Father, there's no way to truly explain it uh, on this earth. There's no way to experience uh, all the love that we're going to experience when we get there with him uh, one day. But when I think of a mother's love, I, I think of I think of my mother, and, and I appreciate what she's done for me and what she she raised me, uh, man, she raised me up to be and teaching me right from wrong. But I also think of the father who had me before my mother received me. Uh, I just you know they always say that that the man goes and works and provides food and puts it on the table and and, and takes care of his family, but. It's the mother really on the on the front lines that, that has to deal with uh, a lot of things. Uh, children are uh, a blessing, and 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 they're a uh, they're a challenge at the same time. And as long as you give them to God and you give yourself to God, uh, you won't have any problems uh, uh, with your raising of your child because you'll have the true Father, the one that made you before you were in the womb. Uh, guiding your path. Uh, there's bumps and hiccups and, and things along the way, uh, but a, a good relationship with God uh, makes a good uh, good relationship with your children, with your family. Uh, I'd hate to know that I had to raise my two children without it. It would be a rough thing because Mason makes bad decisions, and Keisha doesn't make always the right decisions, just like I don't. And we couldn't do it without Christ. Guiding us, and that—that's just every time I read that scripture, that's what I think of. I think of, uh, of Hannah and receiving that gift, and then just turning it right back over to God. And, and that's the way we should do every gift Amen. that we do get from God. Amen. Receive it, uh, be know that it's a blessing, know that uh, we're undeserving of it, and then just turn it right back over to Him. And say, God, uh, I, you're the reason that I I am blessed like this. You're the reason that I have what I have. Uh, you're the reason that uh, I have provision here. It's all you. It's nothing to do with me. Amen. That's all I'll say about it. Amen. How about what he said? And today, I, in my devotion in Psalm 63, it goes through the whole chapter. The one particular verse without me, Psalm 63, verse 7. And what he just said about taking that blessing and turning it on and saying that it's the Lord. And I may not say this the way, but I call it in my mind. But the verse says, Because thou hast been my help, 
Therefore, in the shadow of thy wings will I rejoice. A lot of times we want credit for stuff. We want to be in the spotlight. We don't want to get behind the wings and give him all the praise. Um, that's really all I have to say. It's just sometimes we need to get in the shadow of his wings and praise him for what he's done and not try to stand in that spotlight and take all the credit for things, but to know that that blessing came from him and he deserves all the praise for it. I look at this story, I think about Hannah and several of other of the women of the Bible. You know, there's a lot of times when it says that the Lord shut up her womb. And that's an instance when it's not just, hey, it happened, or it was just the sin of the world, or just because. But this is actually God saying, nope, you're not going to be able to have kids right now. I'm forcing this to happen. And it's got to make you wonder, and I know that probably Hannah wondered, well, why? You know, why me? Why now? Why Why not? Why can't I have one? And, and then it says that her adversary provoked her. And I take that to mean that the other wife, which I disagree with that on so many levels, but I know that that's neither here nor there. That's Bible times. But it makes me feel like that the other wife was poking fun at her because she had all these kids and then the other one couldn't have kids. And that just makes it so much worse, which I'm sure that the devil spurned that on. And God, you know, kind of allowed that to happen. And it makes you wonder, well, why? Why did they have to go through that? Why did she have to go through that? And we go through a lot of things in our lives that that make you wonder, well, why? Why, why does it have to be that way? And as human as humans, it doesn't look like it makes a lot of sense. Because as a human, as another woman, I would say, well, God, just let her have a baby. There's nothing wrong in her getting to have a child and getting to be happy like every other family. But he understood the timing so much more than we did. You know, well, he's looking at a full grand scheme, whereas Hannah was looking at one piece of the puzzle. He was looking at the entire puzzle all at once. And how that puzzle lay along, <coughs> alongside other puzzles that needed to fit all together as well. Um, and it makes me think about um, the verse in Genesis. And it's 50-20 or 20-50. It's 50-20 in Genesis when Joseph is talking to his brothers. And I love this verse. I know I talk about it a lot. But when Joseph is talking to his brothers and they're asking forgiveness and they can't understand. They can't understand that he's going to forgive them for all the bad stuff that they did to him. And he tells them, he says, But as for you, ye thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good to bring to pass, as it is this day, to save much people alive. Mm -hmm. And he's telling them, What you don't realize is what you were trying to do to me was for your own gain. And was for evil and really what the devil was trying to do he thought he was winning but God really knew all along what was going on and even though I couldn't see it at the time when I was sitting in the pit or sitting in jail or being accused or being in the middle of a famine that God really understood what was going on and all I had to do was hang on and trust him through all of it and so Hannah was in the same situation even though she didn't understand why 
he had shut up her womb, or womb, or why she had to be poked at and prodded at and made fun of. And it, and it says year by year. So, like, over and over and over again. This wasn't like just a, a one-time deal. This is something she suffered with over and over and over again. And, I mean, those of you that are guys, you've never had to go through that. You don't understand um, what that is emotionally to a lady. But it's not something that's easy to go through. But that's something that she had to go through. But it was so that Samuel could come and so that she understood the importance of him being there and so that she would be ready to give him back to the Lord when it was time to have him. <coughs> if she had had tons of kids, she may have not have been prepared to give him over to God. And he may have went the same direction as many of the other men of the time and would have never, you know, been that person that God needed him to be and go on and cause many of the effects that happened. So I just find it very interesting that there's lots of situations that we ask why, and God says, man, if you could just see what I see, if you could just look at the whole big old picture, um, but we can't. He doesn't need us to see the whole big old picture because that, that would just ruin things. Of course, I know I'm speaking to myself way more than I am to anybody else. Because I ask why probably more than anybody else in here. That's what I get out of that story. Well, there's also a similar story, and that's Sarah. She was, what, 90? She went as far as giving the her maid to Abraham. And then finally, she had a child. God's plan is what's important. I may not see it now, but if you just let him hold the reins, you just follow. Want to be another? One of the greatest arguments that's ever been presented against Christianity, if God is all-loving and he's all-powerful, then why do senseless things happen in the world? That's the argument that's existed. Actually, it's existed all the way back to the book of Job. Uh, you'll hear some of that uh, in there. It was, it was written down many, many years ago. And it's one of the major things that people try to break down Christianity. And they say, well, either he is all-powerful and he's all-loving, or he's not. But what they forget about is <coughs> what they leave out of their argument <coughs> that he's all-knowing. And that's the part is, is we have to understand that he knows more than we know even when it doesn't make sense to us. We were listening at some point to a preacher in the car, not one I think that I'd heard before, and we didn't listen to, I don't think, too much of it. He was preaching out of the book of Matthew where Jesus appears uh, to the disciples walking on the water. Okay, y'all stay with me. He made a real good statement, I thought. It says in verse 22, Matthew 20, uh, 14, and straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get to a ship. Constrained means he required it of them. He made them do it. He, get on the boat. Now we know that he knew that there's a storm coming. 
because he's he's God. So why would he put him on a boat, knowing that the storm was coming? And uh, and the, the fact the preacher that was on the radio, he he said this. He said, in my younger years, I would have asked God when the storm came, why did the storm come? He said, but I have since learned that every time the storm comes, God has a purpose in the storm. Just as he did for the disciples, they grew in knowledge and understanding of who Christ was and what he could do in their life. Because he walked on the water. Peter walked on the water. I mean, they, they, they knew more about him because of the storm. And so he, he said, I've changed my tune as an older Christian. Instead of asking God why, is this happening? He said, I started asking God, what are you doing in my life? In other words, there's some effect that this has got to happen. There's something that's got to come about. And uh, and I'm thankful for the storms. To be honest, the storms have grown me a whole lot more than the blessings. And I didn't get saved because of heaven. I got saved because of hell. Amen. Amen. That's a good the Bible says that the fear of God is the beginning of knowledge because it is in those moments that I grew to know Him. You'll, you'll learn a hard lesson <coughs> a whole lot faster than you will a good one. You, you stick your hand on, on a hot stove or something like that, you won't do that again. That's right. It's a hard lesson. And so the Lord loves us enough to grow us in the right ways and to put us in the right places. The beauty of it is when he puts you in the storm, he don't put you there by yourself. Because mm -hmm. he said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Mm -hmm. So when you find yourself in the storm, know this, that he's right there with you. <laughs> and if you'll just look to him, you can come out the other side. Amen. And we, we may not ever know the whys. That's a lot of whys I never got answered. But I can look back and see what he taught me. What he used me for. Sometimes it's a demonstration to others. Job's life was a demonstration not only to himself, but it was to others. And uh, sometimes that's what he's doing. I believe that's the scripture in the Bible where they said, who sinned to cause this boy to be this way? Right. His mother, his father? Right. And Jesus said, no, that's not the purpose of him but that the Lord might be glorified, that you might know. Some of us are, uh, this is this is hard for us, y'all, but some of our suffering is for somebody else. Yeah. And we don't like to bear it because we're the one bearing it. Mm -hmm. But it might be, in this case, for Hannah, her suffering blesses us today. Because her suffering led to the man who would anoint King David, right. who would be the line of the tribe of Judah, in which Jesus would come from. You understand what I'm saying? In other words, her suffering was for somebody else. There's a purpose in it. It's not. It's not needless. Uh, we just need to turn to the Lord on it, and that's hard. That's a hard thing to do. Um, but turn to the Lord. He'll He'll pull you in the right direction. And I ain't going to tell you not to ask why because that's a useless thing to say. But don't forget to ask him, Lord, what are you trying to show me, teach me, grow me? 
because that's really where you need to be is on the other side. On the other side. He could strain them and get a chip. Where'd they end up? On the other side. And that's what we need to get. Bless the Lord. So I'm just thankful that He is my rock, and that no 
nobody else can stand beside me like this is. Amen. Amen. Anybody else? Trust the Lord 
even when you're going why, 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 he knows what you need. Yes, he does. And he's going to give you what you need. And it may not be what you completely want. Well, then you probably didn't need it. That's right. So I just want to say how good the Lord is and how blessed I really am. I may not have all these wonderful things, but I don't need them. Bless I have what I need. Bless the Lord. God has blessed us with what we need. Bless the Lord. We have a family. I may have not birthed Lexi. I may have not birthed Braxton. But they are mine. Yeah. They're mine. I love them like mine. Yeah. And Lexi, you know, she's a little worried that if I did have a child, that she'd be replaced. No, never. Yeah. She's still mine. Yeah. God does amazing things there. Yeah. Amen. And so we have a nice house to live in. We got money. We may not have a whole lot of money, and sometimes we might struggle with it, but we got enough money we to get by and live care. with. Amen. We got food. I mean, we are so blessed. Amen. And I know I take things for granted, mm -hmm. but we shouldn't. We should thank God for everything. Yeah. Because He's the reason why we have such things. Amen. And I just, I really, I was excited to come to church. I told the girls I was really excited because I was just happy after that appointment. I just felt so peaceful, and I was ready to come praise Him because Amen. I need to praise Him for Amen. what He done for me. Amen. Amen. I, just want to say, I love the Lord, and if you are not where you need to be, please go get where you need to be because it's the best feeling when you can say the Lord is the best thing that ever happened to you. Amen. Amen. <coughs> Anybody else say anything? Um, <clears throat> Y'all just bear with me. My throat might go out on me. When Keisha was reading in uh, Psalm 63, and I promise I'm not going to be an hour. So for those who thought that just then, uh, shame on you. Uh, well, I want to say that I love the Lord, and I'm Amen. thankful for what he's done for me in my life. Bless him, Lord. Uh, Brother Brian, like he said, was kind of giving me a hard time, and he told me, he said, don't ever come up to me and tell me I'm long-winded ever again. And, and he asked me how long did I preach, and I told him, 15 minutes and when he told me an hour I just couldn't believe it so I had to go back and listen to myself and I'm still not convinced that it was an hour uh, even though I heard it word for word but I'm thankful that the Lord can take somebody like me and use me to do different things that I don't have to just keep being the same old same old that, um, you know I can put my trust in him and he'll do some mighty things uh, so when Keisha was reading I think she read in Psalm 63 I believe uh, and then I looked at Psalm 62 and uh, seen some verses that really stuck to me and didn't really feel led to share them. And then Amy talked about, you know, God being uh, her rock and her salvation. And then Megan just talked about it. So I just want to read you uh, a few of these verses in Psalm 62, verse 2. It says, He only is my rock and my salvation. I like this part. He is my defense. I shall not be greatly moved. And then I skip down to verse 5 and it says, My soul wait thou only upon God, for my expectation is from him. Yeah. Listen to verse 6. It says, He only is my rock and my salvation. Here's this part again. It says, He is my defense. I shall not be moved. And God is my salvation and my glory. The rock of my strength and my refuge is in God. Uh, this may be a little silly to y'all, but I, I like watching football and uh, like most of us in here. And uh, I, I'm a big Alabama fan, and 
And over the years, Alabama's had a pretty good defense. <coughs> and when you think of football, you know, you need a good defense to, to win that game. Uh, and I don't know why it made me think of it, but, you know, if you look back on last year's Alabama team, their defense wasn't too good. Um, and, and I don't know why it just kept building in my mind that, you know, if you look at our lives, it's important we have a good defense. Um, it's been mentioned that, you know, the devil, he likes to come our way. And when he's on offense, he's trying to do everything he can do to get us back in our end zone where we can't retreat no more so that he can try to claim a victory. And it made me think of, you know, in my life and how, you know, I, I, you know, I started off, like I've mentioned before, I, you know, I got saved and I, that's my calling to preach and how it felt pretty good and then it got to a point where I didn't want to do it anymore and it it, it was more of a personal problem that you know I was trying to I was turning to the world to do other things and um, my defense wasn't too good because I wasn't looking at the one that could mm -hmm. that could provide assistance that could come on the scene yeah and and, and then I read further in Psalm 62 and verse 8 it says trust in him at all times and when I read that it hit me really hard and it may have just been for me as long as I trust him my defense is going to be strong mm -hmm. that no matter what the world wants to throw at me you know they may want to cast me down they may want to uh, make fun of me mock me for uh, what I believe and who, who my faith is in uh, but as long as I trust him I'm not going to be moved but when I take my eye off of him and I don't trust him then they're going to be able to push me so far and I'm going to get where I, you know, I never imagined my life going. But I like how it just says to trust Him at all times and to pour out our heart before Him. If we'll do those things and and we'll and we'll be open with Him, you know. Amen. It, it talks about you know songs how you know He's He's our friend and you know what a friend we have in Jesus. Yeah. You know, he's yeah. not there to you know whatever we go through. You know whatever sin that you know we that comes our way. You know He's not going to just sit there and listen and turn us away like uh, like you don't care he wants us to be open with him he wants us to come to him and talk to him so that we can grow you know I'm thankful for what I've you know felt in my heart and uh, it may not be uh, nothing to y'all but to me that's a big thing for me to be up for 57 minutes or whatever however long it was you know when I was in college and at Northeast and they had a speech class it, I got marked off for not staying up there you know, she gave us a certain amount of time. I think it was 10 minutes each speech, and I wouldn't do it. I'd stay up there about four and a half. Mm -hmm. And she'd always mark off. So to hear that I, I do these things, and, and it's not me. It's because uh, I really felt God, you know, using me Sunday yeah. night. And uh, I'm not trying to brag on myself, but it, I felt something I've never felt before. Amen. And, and I'm thankful for that. Yeah. And, and you know, I can relate to these verses. You know, right now I feel closer to God than I've ever felt in my whole entire Amen. life. Amen. And I'm trying to say that you can do that too. Yeah. And that this can be you. Yeah. And you know, and I'm not always, you know, going to be this high. Obviously, I'm, there's going to be times where things are going to come my way, and it's going to be pretty hard for me to avoid them. Mm -hmm. But as long as I trust Him, and as long as I pour out my heart to Him when these struggles come or whatever it may be, then. I'm not going to be moved. That yeah. It's just going to be a little obstacle, and I'm going to get. I'm going to overcome it. Yeah. And compared to if I just try to fix it on my own, that it's going to become a bigger obstacle. Mm -hmm. um, so that may not have been nothing for y'all, but you know, I'm, I'm thankful for 
<laughs> Keisha reading that and then them talking about it. Because I didn't even really uh, plan on coming in here and talking or not. Cause, you know, I was going to sit back here and, and just listen to everybody else. But I don't need to be like that. I need to be coming. Um, and it made me think of what I was talking about Sunday. I need to be coming in ready to worship and ready to come, come prepared and ready to be with him. Because he's with me wherever I go. Amen. And the funny thing was, you know, they kind of do like we do. You know, they had an altar call and, and they had a woman come down and, and I don't know what she was wanting Don to pray with her about, but and then there was another woman that they uh, they spoke up. And if y'all know the woman that sings the gospel plow, uh, Brother Brian said he likes that song, but to give you kind of a heads up about who that was, but the woman spoke up and she, uh, there was a woman in the very back and she said, honey, I don't know who you are, but I feel like God's sending me your way. And she asked her to come to the front and you know, I know we've got anointing all here and, and stuff like that, but we don't do it a lot. Well, they did it. And so I kind of stood to the side because you know, I'm not used to it. But I remember telling them that, you know, I, I said, I don't know if y'all are Baptist or holiness, but I said, I don't really, that don't really affect me because I, you know, I could, I'm happy that I can go somewhere else and I can feel God and that, and it gives me clarity that me and them are worshiping the same one. That's right. Um, but to see that and, and and to know that you know, we're not always going to see eye to eye on a lot of things, but it's amazing that we can still feel God, and no matter where we go. And, I, and in some places you go and you don't you don't feel that. I mean, you won't get to see those types of things. But I'm happy that I go to this church, and that when the Spirit comes by, if somebody wants to run, Levi was joking with Brian tonight about him having his running shoes on. Amen. If Brian was to take off running. And that ain't gonna make me feel disappointed. It's just gonna lift me up, and it's gonna make me feel happy. Yeah. And who knows? It may make me want to run. Amen. Uh, but I'm thankful that I go to a church like that, and I'm thankful that I have somebody that I can put my trust in. And when I do wrong, that He don't give up, and He don't leave me. He He stays there with me, but and He lets me learn, uh, and He lets yeah, me learn right. from mistakes, uh, so that like it's been mentioned that I can grow. Um, uh, and y'all know, you know, a few months ago when I talked about me being addicted to this uh, addiction that I had, you know, I'm thankful that, you know, God let me overcome that, yeah. that I could grow. And, and if I stayed in that and I kept watching the, that type of stuff and, and, and really relying on it more than picking up the Bible or, watch, or watching, you know, better things. And if I, if I would have just stuck with that, then I wouldn't be where I'm at today. That's right. And, and I'm proud that I can you know, maybe be an influence or a witness to somebody that you can turn from, you know, these sinful things and let God come in and he can use you for something better. Mm -hmm. uh, if you would ask me if I would ever been a, a preacher or or or, uh, or preach for an hour, I would have told you no, that uh, you was just uh, fooling yourself and, and I could never do it. Um, but look what God did. He, he, yeah, he provided a way and, and he came on the scene. Amen. And it's amazing that God he keeps coming that he don't he just don't use him once and, and he's done with you but he keeps looking for you to, to do things for him and he, and he already has it laid out you know and I talked to brother Brian a few months or not a few months but a few weeks ago and I told him about how uh, I, I've been struggling with something else and told him that you know I was afraid that you know with a church asking me to be a, a deacon and, and how I, I told him I didn't feel like I needed to be and how it was really bringing me down 
but but what he told me and what and I'm proud that you know he, he talked to me about it and, and, he, and he encouraged me but if the church was to ever see me but want to be a deacon again you know maybe that's something down the road that I can look forward to that maybe what I, I had I had to get rid of you know what was going on in my life so that I could be a better person and that I could look for better things to grow and and, and all that kind of stuff but you know I'm thankful that God he, didn't, he just don't stay you know with me through the good times but he's there with me through the bad and, and you know and I was so uh, disappointed you know in myself to think that you know I may have missed a good chance but if I would have accepted that and I would have become a deacon and, and not and that's not what God really wanted you know who, who, who knows what you know this church may not be where it's at you know because of me yeah. doing something that I shouldn't have been doing and I don't know why I was saying all that but if, we, if we're doing stuff that, you know, we just want to do and, and we're thinking about getting the praise, then we're hurting ourselves and not only ourselves, but we're hurting each other. Um, and and I, I want to see this church grow. You know, it, was, it was good, like Brother Brian mentioned, uh, about going Saturday to New Shady Grove and hearing our church and hearing that number uh, of new members and, and baptizes and and. And it made me feel pretty, you know, happy that I go to that church mm -hmm. and that I'm a part of it. You know, and I want to see that number increase more. Mm -hmm. You know, we may not see that many people join, you know, over the next year, but but as long as we're increasing, then that's 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 good. Uh, and obviously, I'd like to see it grow a hundred more. And you know, and it'd be good to see, you know, this church grow where we have to add on to it. You know, that may be a scary thing that you know to add on to a church, but you know it's amazing, you know, because that's what people needs is when they need a church to go to and they need to get in church. Amen. And if that if that means that God wants them here, then that's where they need to come. You know, and I was and Brother Ricky stood up and he was uh, talking about how he him and his wife uh, Miss Benita that they're looking for somewhere to go. And so Levi and Josh went on outside and after I went and got uh, a picture that, you know, of Waylon. And when I was walking out, you know, I felt the need to go up to Brother Ricky and invite him. And I know that most of you may not like him. Uh, you may not like what he hears, but I felt felt it on my heart to go up and yeah. tell him that, Man. you know, there's people that will welcome him in. And, and, and I was telling some people about it and, you know, they kind of raised their eyebrows at me and kind of like, why'd you do that for? But if we're not even willing to invite Christians in our own Amen. church, what are we going to do when lost folks come in? Amen. What are we going to do when the gay people come in? And, and, and they're looking, you know, maybe it's a fresh start. And they're looking for an opportunity to come, but yet we're not going to accept them. Yeah. You know, that's how churches are today. Right. They're not they're not looking for them to be their strength and their rock. They're looking for it to see something that they can grow and that they can become famous for. Mm. No, I don't want to be famous. You know, I just want to be what God wants me to be. Amen. Uh, if it's meant for me to be the least and, and not have the most money, I'm fine with that. But I want to be a good Christian. I want to see people come in. I want to be the one that welcomes them in. And Amen. I'm not pushing Bless them out. You know, because God, God, you know, it, throughout the Bible, you know, and I've heard it for so many times, you know, the last few weeks, you know, he didn't go out. Uh, and witness to Christians he went out and, to get the lost yeah. and that's what we need to be doing and, yeah. instead of trying to you know if I went up to Levi and me and him just talked all the time about being Christians you know obviously it'd be good but if we if we done that all the time and there's a lost folk you know right beside us you know that may have been looking for me and him to go talk to him about Jesus 
Now that could have been his shot of getting saved. Amen. Uh, and I don't know why I told you I went going on for an hour, so I'm about to hope. No, but I'm thankful for what God's done with me and what He's done for my life. Amen. And that He woke me up. You know, when yeah. I when I went asleep and and went astray, He woke me up and He brought me back. Yeah. I'm thankful for that. Amen. He was a member here, but that He was a part of. I think that's what he was. I've been part of what God's doing and got going on. <clears throat> Well, I would like to say this because it's been mentioned a couple of times. Brother back here mentioned about Pentecost. He mentioned about the Church of God. Yeah. We've been talking about that. Well, I've been talking about it in the shop a little bit. Uh, let me just say this. That's all I'm going to say. There's one God. There's one church. Hear that. There's one God and there's one church. The book of Acts will tell you that. That's right. And. Uh, whether you Pentecost or Church of God, Baptist, Holiness, whatever. You're saved by the blood of the Lamb. When your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life, you are in that church. That's right. It doesn't matter what you call yourself. That's right. I just wanted to say that. Amen. That's true. That's your Bible, sermon book of Acts 27. I believe both these young preachers said they weren't going to be long. I'm going to say I ain't going to be long. Acts, Book of Acts, 27th chapter. I, 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 what I have to me seems small, but the Lord may make it something more than I am. Again, he, he continues to just overwhelm my mind and my thoughts. and I sit and I listen to each one of your testimonies. And what a good testimony service we've had. Some good teaching and preaching a little bit there in it. Uh, I'm thankful God just puts it all together. So, Evidently, he's speaking to us tonight, and he's talking about the trials that we go through, the overcoming of those trials, and then the praise and rejoicing on the other side of those trials. I think I've heard that pretty strongly tonight. You might have heard something differently, but that's what the Lord was speaking to me. Acts chapter 27, we find Paul as a prisoner, uh, and he has been sent. Uh, he's headed towards Rome, they're going in that direction. He's put on a ship, and uh, he has some concerns about getting on that ship, not because he's afraid to go to Rome, not because he's afraid to be a prisoner, because he realizes that there are some storms of brewing. Okay? All right, so if you'll start in verse 7, I'll give you the heads up. We're not going to read them first six verses. You can go back and read them again, see how he got there. But we want to start in verse 7, and it says... And when we had sailed slowly many days. You know, our journey in this life doesn't always go at the speed that we'd like for it to. Right. That hurricane, as it come, come on the land, you know, just it was just <coughs> barely moving. Slower than a walk, really, like two miles an hour. Uh, an average walk, I think, is about three miles an hour. And, and, and just dumping rain. Yeah. 18 inches or more. I don't even know what the final total uh, of that rain was. Um, but I'm just uh, telling you that sometimes the ship doesn't go like we think it ought to go. And there's going to be places in your life where things are moving slowly. And you wish they'd hurry up. There's going to be times in your life when you think, I, I just, 
I just don't know why there's so much pushing against me. I don't know if you've ever felt that way, uh, but if you're a Christian for any amount of time and you try to stand for the Lord, uh, you'll see some resistance Amen. that will come in your life. That's right. He said, and when we had sailed slowly many days and scarce were come over against Canidus, uh, the wind not suffering us, it just would not allow uh, them uh, to go in the way that they had desired to go. You know, sometimes we plan things out. We like to go here or there. Had a conversation at the office today with some co-workers, and they were talking about travel plans that they had. But due to different things going on, whether it be coronavirus or something else, they had to change those plans. They had to go a different direction. Uh, we don't always know why that direction is different, but the good Lord knows why the direction is different. Amen. And it, and, and it would help us out to learn yeah. up front that he may have a different course for us than we have planned for ourselves. Right. But that's okay because he knows more than we ourselves know. Amen. Now, I'm, I'm going to try to just give you some help tonight uh, that it might help you in this life as you're sailing in a direction. Verse 8 says, and hardly passing it, we came unto a place which is called the Fair Havens. Nigh whereunto was the city of Lycia. Now, when much time was spent, and when sailing was now dangerous, because the fast was now already passed, Paul admonished them and said to them, Sirs, I perceive that this voyage will be with herd and much damage, not only of the lading and, and ship, but also of our lives. Nevertheless, the centurion believed the master and the owner of the ship more than those things which were spoken by Paul. Mm -hmm. Now, now listen to this. Where did they stop at? It says they stopped at a place called the Fair Havens. Now, to me, that's a place of, of, of rescue, a place uh, uh, that you would stay in and rest in, right? A fair, nice place. A haven means a safe place. Y'all with me? Right. Look at what verse uh, 12 says. Now, remember, he's told them they shouldn't go any further because the weather now has turned bad. And it says, because the haven was not commodious to winter in. Now, let me just say this to you. It tells me in this scripture that, first of all, the problem they had was the, wind, the winds were against them. Yeah. And then they find a place called the Fair Havens. And it says, and, and, and now much time was spent. Y'all say that? Do you know there's some stops in your life that God never planned you stopping in? Yeah. Things that look good to you and might yeah. appear to be good. Yes, sir. But when, when the hard times come, it turns out they're not really good to be in. Did y'all yes. see that in the scripture? Yeah. It says that these aren't a good place to be in when the winter time comes. And, and, and so what the devil will do is tell you that this is a good place for you to rest in, a good place for you to stop in, yeah. and you'll just park your ship there for a little while. And all the while, he's rocking you to sleep. And then when the hard times come, you're in trouble because you're in a place that can't help you. Mm -hmm. Amen. That's how the journey is. And so they leave that place, even though he said not to. Verse 13, and when the south wind blew softly, supposing that they had obtained their purpose, loosing thence, they sailed close by Crete. 
But not long after there arose against it a tempestuous wind called Eurachlodon. And when the ship was caught and could not bear up into the wind, we let her drive. There's some battles in life that are so bad, so great, so big, that you can't even stand against them. Mm -hmm. best you can do is go with them. Mm -hmm. I want you to know that's dangerous places. I want you to know some of those storms will happen in your life. Now, we, we know the story. There's nothing I've, I've preached to you or talked to you out of the scripture to this point that I believe catches you off guard. I know I've preached out of this before. Uh, I, I like to talk about how there's a wind here that's so important. It's got its own name. And there's some things in your life that are so big that they even got their own name. You could name them. You could put a name on. Here's a here's something in my life that pushes against me, and I have a hard time with this wind in my life. There's some things that tempt you that you can't hardly uh, get away from unless you get some help. There's some Eurachlodons in our lives uh, that are hard for us to overcome. So nothing here I've taught you is not new to you. But there's something I want to point out to you. The, the Bible says that the, it was tossed exceedingly. They had to throw the gear overboard. They had to take all the tackle off the ship and just throw it away. And basically they're just they're just thinking we're gonna we're either gonna crash and sink or, or or be thrown into the ocean. They're just trying to survive one more day. And some of us get have been to that point where all we wanted to do was just survive to the next day. Yeah. We didn't know how else to handle the burden that was on us. Didn't know how else to handle the grief that was upon us. Didn't know how else to handle uh, that depression that was on us. We didn't know how else to handle uh, the fear that was on us or the sin that was on us or all those things. We just didn't know what else to do. And, and there's some scripture here. It says, but after long absence, this is verse 21, Paul stood forth in the midst of them and said, Sirs, you should have hearkened unto me and not have loosed from Crete and to have gained this harm and loss. And now I exhort you to be of good cheer. For there shall be no loss of any man's life among you but of the ship. For there stood by me this night the angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve, saying, Fear not, Paul, thou must be brought before Caesar, and, lo, God hath given thee all them that sail with thee. And verse 25 is a verse I want to point out to you. Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer, for I believe God. Amen. And can I just say to you tonight that whether you're at the front end of the storm, in the middle of the storm, on the other side of the storm, what we really ought to understand is, is that it is the trust in God Almighty and in Jesus Christ that will get us safely to the other side. I can't tell you how, and I can't give you the whys, but I can tell you this. You put your faith and trust in Him, and He'll take care of you. Yes, Paul says, I <coughs> believe God. Yeah. And I, 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 now we say that, and, and, and it's easy to say those words, but honestly, what we need to understand is, is that it takes a true commitment to serve God. Yes, it does. It's Amen. not an easy thing. Amen. I, I, if it was easy, everybody would be doing it. Because yeah. why else would they not uh, take on the God who take care of them? Right. It's not an easy thing. The devil makes it exceptionally hard. There's going to be winds that drive against you. There's going to be temptations in places that want to uh, lure you away. And there's going to be storms so strong that you can't do anything but let it drive you. It's hard to stay in that place where you just say, I believe him. Even though it don't look like it right now. Right. 
And we need to understand it takes a committed faith. You better know ahead of time. You see, Paul, before he ever got on the ship, knew he trusted who he trusted right. in. And that's what we've got to do. We've got to be committed to understand that the storms are coming. So I want to be committed before they get here that where my that's trust right. is going to be at, Amen. it's going to be in him and in him alone. And I need to listen when others around me say, hey, you might want to watch out here. You might want to watch out there and not get angry or frustrated or upset or when the preacher preaches to me. What I ought to do is say, oh, he's reminding me That's right. that I need to trust in him. Amen. Good preaching. I believe, God, that it shall be even as it was told me. Now, last Wednesday night, uh, Miss Keisha got up here. And she talked about some fears and those things. And then she said, but then you take the scripture and you can get the scripture to combat the fears. Right. Uh, the, the things that, that bring you down. Right? And then she gave us a little piece of paper. I got my piece of paper. Let's keep it. I've been thinking about this all week long and I didn't feel it out till tonight. I'm not saying I was a real good guy and did it that night. I've been meditating on it. I've been meditating on it. It has two columns. It has lies, thoughts, insecurities, and problems, column one. And God's word always overrides column two. And so I've been meditating on it. Miss Keisha, I wanted you to know. I've been thinking about it. And I thought, what would you put in that lies and thoughts and insecurities and problems? What would you put there? I've been meditating on it for, for a week now. I've been thinking about what should go in that column. That I want to combat the with the word. And I'm not telling you I didn't think of things. <coughs> Don't get me wrong. But every time I think of something, I think about God's word. And so I thought, well, I can't, I can't decide what I want to put in the column on the left-hand side. But there's some good scripture I want to put on the column on the right side. And so I started writing some scripture on the right side, thinking, I'll think up the problems that'll go with the word right. instead of the other way around. Right. Y'all stay with me just for a minute. I'm, 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 I'm just nearly there. Y'all just hang on just one more minute. And so I wrote one in the first box and I liked it. I read it several times and it was good. And I thought, well, what are you going to put with it? And I thought, I don't know yet, but I have another scripture that's on my mind I'd like to put underneath that one on the right column. Let me just go ahead and put it in. And so I put that verse underneath the first one. And I thought, well, now you got two of them. You better start writing something on the left-hand side because you got two verses on the right hand, but you ain't got nothing on the left hand. And I, said, I thought to myself, but I got another verse that I want to put <coughs> on the right-hand side. So I put another verse on the right-hand side. And I, I'll share them with you. I don't mind to. And then I realized that I needed more room for what God promised and what his word said was true. Then those three boxes. So I marked out the line where the lies and the thoughts and insecurities and problems were. And I said, God's word's already done away with all those things. Amen. Amen. And so what I want to do is put some more of who he is. So I started putting another verse on the left-hand column now. Yeah. And then I went under it and I put another verse. And then I, I put another one in. And then I turned it sideways uh, so I could put one across the top. Listen, it said in the scriptures, I believe God. That it shall be even. Amen. As it was told me. Amen. 
Listen to me, he's not going to leave you in the storm alone. He's going to show up every time. I got one more set of scripture I'm going to read to you and I'm done. Y'all can tell me how long that was. I have no idea. Mark chapter 8. It says, in those days, the multitude being very great, Jesus has been out teaching and preaching. And having nothing to eat, this is right before miracles about to take place. Jesus called his disciples unto him and saith unto them. Now Mark's telling is a little different than some of the places you'll find this miracle. Mm-hmm. And I'm thankful God gives it to us in many ways that we might understand it completely. Verse 2 says this. This is why I wanted to read you Mark's account. Jesus says, I have compassion on the multitude. Did y'all hear that? I have compassion on the multitude because they have now been with me three days and have had nothing to eat. And if I send them away fasting to their own houses, they will faint. By the way, for divers of them, that means many of them, came from far. Do you understand what just happened there? Jesus says, in the midst of their condition, I recognize they can't go any farther unless I provide them the sustenance that they need in order to do so. Can I tell you, you can't get in a storm and faint on Jesus. Think about it. Amen. You can't get in a storm and faint on Jesus and he not take care of that problem. He had compassion on you. He had compassion on The scripture we know goes on and says, and he took care of their needs. I'm so glad that I believe God, even if it's been told to me. I'm thankful for that tonight. You ought to be too. I don't know where you're at. I don't know what your storm looks like. I don't know what your problem looks like. Everything may be great for you. But I can tell you this, there's going to be some times in your life when it's going to be hard to trust him. And you need to make sure that you got your mind made up ahead of time before you get in the middle of the storm. And the devil's got you convinced to stay off in this place over here. And you've not got any rest at all. And then you find yourself you can't do anything else. And God is where? You left him somewhere. Don't get there. Stay with God. Stay with God. He'll take you through. Amen. Get that paper out that Keisha printed out for you. You didn't get one. You can just write it down. Start writing some words down that God says are true and are faithful and are about you. I promise you, it'll lift you up, give you what you stand in need, give you some courage. Anybody else have a word, anything you need to do or say tonight?